0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Veterinary Journal Club. I say welcome back because it's been a little bit since we uh, published or posted or whatever we say. We put an episode out Um, between the holidays and some COVID interruptions. It's been a little busy around here, so apologies if you have just been really upset that we haven't put a a show out lately, but um, we're here. We're back. and Yay. Yeah. Doing well, just uh, trying to keep up with things. So... um, Today is going to be part two of what did we say? Becoming a veterinarian. Yeah. That, uh, okay.
1: Becoming a veterinarian. Becoming a vet. Bobby Connor.
0: Part two. Part two. So back in July, I didn't realize how long ago we we did this first show where um, I kind of I you know went back and just gave a little bit of my veterinary life story um, and we stopped I think because I was just done talking
1: yeah um, I wanted to keep going she's just like no we're done
0: I, I'm done I, we're gonna I, have a snack yeah <laughs> that's probably exactly what it was I don't remember anymore um, but we we sort of stopped at the end of my internship when I was like I'm gonna do a residency I'd made that decision yeah after
1: um, you had said that uh you weren't gonna do a residency and I'm just gonna go to private practice and yeah and like make some money and have a life and I know everything extra junk I just want to and I was like no just wanna get vaccinations to make money. And- making
0: money isn't fun at all. <laughs> I don't want to make money. That sounds that's fascist some or something. I don't anyway. So yeah. Um spoiler alert, um I did match for a residency. <laughs> um I don't think we talked about that on the, the last show, right? Like
1: No, you just talked about how you decided for a residency. Yeah, and, 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 I, and you then I think I want to only apply to academia. Yeah. Ones. Yeah. They didn't so, say who you applied for as far as I know.
0: Oh, I don't think anybody remembers
1: because they listened to it back in unless they just started listening to the podcast. And in case, yeah. welcome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true, too. Um, or if you just yeah, you just started three weeks ago and you've just marathon listened to all of them. Yeah. Um, if not, you can go back. Would you say it was like
1: episode just, 26, 26.
0: So if you're listening to this, you're like, wait, what? I, don't, I started this movie in the middle. I have no idea what's going on. Go back and listen or re-listen to episode 26. Uh, and apologies if you feel like you have to do that. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I decided during my internship that I was going to apply for a residency in emergency and critical care. And um, so I did. I applied there. At the time, there were not as many residency spots available as there are now. It's It's grown quite a lot in the ensuing handful of years. Um,
1: when do you have to decide to reply in your internship? Because an internship is apply? only a year. Yeah,
0: it's only a year. So, um, so have, generally yeah, like speaking, two weeks at
1: the end, or <laughs> no, it's at like the beginning it's, it's of like your internship. The
0: applications are generally due at about the halfway point. Yeah, so you have to decide before that. Typically, I didn't decide long before the applications were due. Um, I probably it was probably a few weeks. Um, which, if I'm being honest, even if I would decided months before, I probably wouldn't have started my application anyway. I'd be like, I can do that. I have time. I have time. I have- oh, crap. I don't have time.
1: <laughs> you would have filled in your name.
0: Yeah, exactly. We'll exactly. finish that later. Yeah. So, uh, and, and those of you that have applied more recently will probably enjoy this. So the Veterinary Internship and Residency Matching Program, or VIRMP, or VRMP, if you can make that into one word, did exist at the time. Um, it was online. However, the application, and it was one, essentially-ish one application, and everybody had the same application, um, but it was not submitted electronically. I actually had to like print out individual copies of my application packet and mail them. I had to snail mail them to all the different places. That's how old I am. Yeah, that it's it's not that long ago, but it's like it's amazing that in my lifetime I had to do that. Even now, I think back like, ugh, it was obnoxious. Don't get me wrong, and I had to as on an intern salary, I had to like buy fancy stationery, you know, to you know get a nice letterhead. Oh, you had to do it
1: on fancy stationery.
0: You didn't have to, but you know, you didn't want to seem like you you were skimping out. Yeah. It was dumb. And what a dumb thing. Like, nobody cared. I could see them care and be like,
1: we want to make sure that this person can afford to be a resident for three years. Yeah, I
0: suppose that's probably fair. We
1: don't want them leaving because they need money.
0: Yeah, yeah, because that's that's one of the, that's one of the hardest things about doing it. But I think that's also for me was the best, like going straight through. I was fortunate to be able to kind of go straight through and not go out into the real world and make decent money and then have to go back. That would have probably been harder for me. Yeah, I was just sort of used the to being poor. Like, what
1: if I was eating good food?
0: Yeah, no ramen. I, I mean, I like ramen. Like I still eat it now. Um, you know, there's those little flavor packets. I don't mm-hmm. eat just the flavor. You still, I still mix it in with the water. But um, I mean, I like ramen. I, I didn't like it as much as I you know, as, as often as I ate it. Um, and then also, the, I think I've told you this, those little pasta sides, you got the side dishes. Yeah. If you add like some mushrooms or maybe some meat, you can make a, like a meal out of those. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be like a meal. I was like, I sauteed up some mushrooms, which are not expensive, and a pasta side for like $1.79, and I would get two meals out of that. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Anyway. Uh, yeah. And
1: just get to know somebody over in the large animal and maybe you can get some meat every <laughs> now and then.
0: <laughs> I never actually went that route. That, that would have been smart. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's how it works. I think the animals they have access to are probably not ones you really want to eat, like the unhealthy ones. <laughs> wow. <Well, laughs> but maybe yeah. they're going out on farm calls. Be like, hey, if I save this cow, maybe you'll give me a different cow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think... That's quite how that works. Anyhow, uh, but chime in if you're one of our large animal vets or or, uh, aspiring vets listening in and and you have some stories about bartering for food, (laughs) please tell us. I'd love to hear about it. Um, Anyway, that's not the point of this this podcast today. It was to talk about the residency. Yeah, Um, so
1: uh, how did you decide where you wanted to apply?
0: um, So I talked to different people. Um, and I talked to, we had one criticalist by the time I made the decision, um, I was going to apply for a residency. We did have a criticalist, uh, at where my internship was. And so I would talk to which her. Is Illinois? Yeah. University of Illinois. And so I, I, talked with, um, with her and just said, Hey, you know, what do you know? Cause again, a lot of these programs were, were new. The critical care programs were brand new. Some of them, uh, I would have been the first resident, um, which made me nervous. Not going to lie. Um, I will actually, I'll share, this is, um, I get. this is a humble brag. I think that's what this would be considered. So I was, when I was applying, I think I applied to five or six programs ultimately. Uh, cause again, I, I wanted to stick with academia and then there were a few programs that just didn't really sound like they appealed to me. And, and, you know, in retrospect, I probably just didn't know enough about them, but it was, you know, the people that I talked to, what do they think? And so on and so forth. So, um, but then I was like really nervous. I was like, I decided last minute that I was going to do this. I'm like, I'm probably not going to match. I'll probably have to go and either work for a year or I remember it um, when I interviewed at, at Penn, because you had to, you had to do an in-person interview at the time. And they were asking, they're like, if you, you know, if you didn't match for the residency, would you be interested in our, our specialty internship? And those weren't as common back then. And yeah, I, it
1: seems like nowadays everybody kind of. Like you have to do two years. It seems like it.
0: Yeah. And so, well, so they ask, you know, would you, would you be willing to do this? And so I lied and I was like, yeah, (laughs) I did. I was straight up. I I mean, one, I, I wasn't, uh, I was a little caught off guard. Um, but when I got more information, it was kind of like, yeah, this is the person who works only overnights and never actually gets to work with a specialist. I'm like, how is that going to make me a better candidate for a residency the year after? So I was like, yeah, yeah, I would consider that. It's probably like a, that was a no, like conditioning, like, uh.
1: For if you want to be like a good boxer or a basketball player, you go and you run miles and yeah, miles. you like, you don't get any better at boxing or basketball by running, but you get conditioned. I guess. So it's just like you just work long hours. Yeah. And for not. You don't pay. see anybody. You don't
0: learn anything other than like, oh you yeah, don't, you know, I just, you're just you're just getting somebody used to emails being able you to work about your mistakes so that when
1: you come in to do your residency <laughs> and you have to do almost the same thing, you're like, whoa, this is easy. You mean I get to? I get to work during the day every now and then?
0: Yeah. So I, I don't know. Huge Just props There's somebody to anybody. that I can
1: ask a question. <laughs> anybody who's done I a specialty
0: internship. And, and not all of them are terrible. And and to be fair, their program might have been really great. But like my impression of it was like, no, I'm not going to do that. But I, I lied. I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I gushed about it. It was like, oh my God, yes, that'd be amazing. I was like, yeah, I, I would consider it. In my mind, I was like, no, I would go out into ER and like work. I would get a job yep. I would make some money and then consider applying again. Um, but then, I'd work
1: better hours for five <laughs> times the pay.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, why would this even be an option? Um, who would do this? So but then so then I was like, okay, yeah, crap, what am I going to do when I don't match? Because I was pretty sure I wasn't going to. And I, so the best part, the best part about interviewing at Penn was that one of my former classmates, somebody I graduated vet school with, um, was also there interviewing the same day. And she was doing her internship at, um, NC State. And I was talking to her. That was actually one of the places on my list that was like a, as a plus minus. Like I'd heard good things about the vet school in general, but the ECC program, I'd heard some, some sketchy things about. And so I was talking to her and she was like, no, 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 you should definitely apply. It's really great. She's like, you come, you can stay with me. You don't have to pay for like a hotel. Cause that was the other thing as an intern. You can't afford to go. Trying all these places, but this was one I was I was nervous about because I was like, I'm hearing just very different things. Some people are like, "Yeah, it's great there," and other people are like, "That sounds terrible. Don't do it." So I was like, I, I kind of want to spend the money to go check it out for myself, and I'm glad I did. Um, so really grateful to my classmate who was like, "Yeah, come stay with me," and and she kind of pushed me to check it out. Um, and uh, that's where I ended up, but but I was, when I was still at Illinois and we were talking about, okay, what are we going to do? They were, they were sort of, I had an idea in my head that, okay, I probably wasn't going to match because I hadn't been planning for this for the past five years. And, um, that I'll just, you know, after the match comes out, I'll go out there, get a job, work for a year and then try again next year. And then the folks at Illinois were like, well, you know, if you don't match, maybe we could like create a, a program for you here. And I was like, wow, that's really nice. But again, in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't, want to be your guinea pig, you know? Um, and actually, today, it couldn't have even happened because they only had one criticalist and affect and changed the rule several years ago that you have to have at least two criticalists to have a residency, which thumbs up for me. I think that's a good rule. Um, and again, it was a really nice thing that they were talking about doing to like create a residency for me and have me. But I was like, but the, you don't have a program. Like, I don't want to necessarily yeah. commit to that. You I could go into a year. not know what you're doing. Well, and it's not even that. Like the criticalist there was great and she'd, um, you know, been other places and trained residents, but she was also tenure track, was on clinics like, you know, 15 or 20 weeks a year at most. And I'm like, Uh, who's going to actually teach me this stuff, you know, and they've since developed a great program and, and, and that's wonderful. But, Um, but I was really nervous. I was like, Oh my God, now I actually felt more pressure um, on match day because I was like, if I don't match, then I'm going to be in this awkward situation to, are they going to offer me this? Like, you know, after the match residency that I might not want, like I might actually prefer to go out into practice and try because now I've committed, if if I take this, um, I'm gambling on like a three-year commitment for a program that might turn out to be terrible versus one year out in practice and I can try to apply in other places. I'm like, three years of something potentially terrible. Um, I, I don't know. I just, i overthought some of that i guess um it ended up not mattering because i matched at nc state which was pretty awesome
1: did you match any oh i guess you only match one place that's how it works yes i
0: I have no idea um if anywhere else even ranked me or um yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter it does not matter i will say though who is your number one uh nc state was okay yeah so it's probable that everybody else had me as their number one. Yeah, it's ranking probably just because well.
1: you, you got to stay in the best place there. <laughs> you stayed in someone's apartment instead of like a twenty dollar.
0: Yeah, that's true. I didn't get mugged or anything. Yeah. No, I just I I feel like I. Um, so you
1: visited Penn, NC State, Indiana and then New I York? did
0: phone interviews. Um, I interviewed at Cornell. Yeah, that's a I really place. I actually really liked I remember my phone interview my it was a conference call it was pre Cornell University
1: not Cornell College right
0: yeah okay yeah um, it, this was just a conference call so it was just on the phone there was no video <laughs> chat or anything like that and so they're all sitting in a room and I just really liked those people um, I actually after the after my phone interview with Cornell my rankings changed a little bit I actually moved them up the list because I just had a good feeling about them uh, University of Georgia I ended up ranking I, I did put them on there but they were lower because um they only did like critical care you didn't really have an emergency side of things which was kind of weird yeah and back um, then they
1: hadn't beaten florida in football in 13 years so. that
0: clearly factored in heavily for me yeah. <laughs> um where else did i apply
1: what year were you applying
0: 2007 no 2008 2000. well it would have been in 2007 for 2000. oh, residencies to start florida in 2008 then oh okay sure <laughs> I'm trying to remember where else I applied. So Cornell, Georgia, NC State, Penn. I feel like there was at least one or two more. I don't remember. I didn't apply to Tufts, um, which is one of the bigger programs. Uh, I didn't apply to Davis, which is also one of the, the bigger programs. I don't remember the other places. I didn't end up there. So uh, at any rate, those are the, I might not, maybe I did not interview at the other places. They might not have reached out for an interview, which maybe is part of the issue.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I ended up at NC State.
1: It's also a tougher place to live.
0: Like Yeah. I just had a good feeling and it probably helps that one, I went and visited NC State. So that helped them get to know me and rank me. Um, it also helped me get to know them and I got to ask some of my questions. So I was very fortunate, um, when I interviewed their, their third year resident who was the first resident, ECC resident they had ever had. Um, I got to chat with her and, and I got to be like, okay, real talk. Um, I heard some things about this program and she was, you know, to her credit, she was like, yeah, that's definitely how it was when I first started and it was terrible. Um, but then I gave them this feedback that this was terrible, and we they since changed it, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, that's kind that's of really how cool. it should
1: happen with your first, person. right? You don't know. You don't know
0: what's. Yeah, they did some they did some stupid things, and then they they made yeah. it a lot better. Yeah, because so, you model
1: it off of something, and if you model it off something that doesn't." Like a surgery residency, yeah, might not like, necessarily totally work. different thing,
0: yeah, so they they Someone changed it up you. and um and made a lot of improvements, and so I ended up, so they had when I interviewed, they had one third year resident and two first year residents, so they were building the program up, and they'd added some um some faculty as well, and so I was the fourth ever resident they had. And so when I was there, I was the first year and we had two second years and that was at the third year that I, and, and she stuck around a little bit. I got to know her somewhat. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they, you know, in those few years, so I'm super grateful to all those like guinea pigs out there, all the people that went first and had to go through that and um, and grateful to the programs that take that feedback and say, okay, you know what? we thought that would work. We were wrong. We're going to try something different and make some changes to it. And, and so I always think that's a great thing. When yeah. You should always try to, to be that.
1: a little bit better each year.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, if your residency looks exactly the same every year after year after year, I, you maybe not.
1: Yeah. You're not doing something right. Yeah.
0: You're not self reflecting enough. Um, anyhow. Uh, so I don't know. What are we supposed to talk about? What my residency was like?
1: Yeah, well you get in okay, you get in the first year. What happens when you move? Like what is that like? Oh Do you yeah, have to this find is fun. an apartment. Okay.
0: <laughs> Do they yeah. help
1: you with that? No. Or are you just
0: No, not at all um, yeah, you're not like, a, you're not like a yeah. real adult yet. So there's no way to help like, you with anything. So like when
1: you're faculty, they're like, Oh, we'll get you a place. You'll meet with a yeah, 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 yeah. No, they spend money blah, to blah, recruit blah. you
0: at that stage. This is the point you're still begging them for a, a job with terrible pay. Yeah, it's you're not just even so an undergrad backwards. where
1: they're like, Oh, well, here's a list of places that aren't very good that you could live.
0: No, they, they give you nothing. They're just like, all right. Uh, I mean, I suppose
1: <laughs> we'll see you on Tuesday.
0: Okay. So here's the best part. So, um, my internship ended like, June I don't even remember when I think I I have no idea when my internship ended what I can tell you is my residency when I found out I matched started a week or two before my internship ended yeah and and they had posted the dates very clearly on the VERMP website and I was like that must be a typo because all internships end around the same time and all other residencies started July 15th. And NC State was like, we start July 1st. And I was like, whatever, I'll sort that out. And so I do remember emailing um, being like, so here's the start date that it says, but my internship is this day. And like that isn't physically possible. Um, so what on earth were your expectations? Like how are people supposed to start before? All, like and all internships are on the same timeline it just didn't make any sense to me. The reason like
1: a state thing, right?
0: No, what it, what it was, was the health insurance.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if you're an employee at, um, you know, NC state, your health insurance starts the first of the month after you've started. So if you start on the first of the month, your insurance starts that day. If you start the second of the month, your insurance starts the month afterwards. And so in an effort to get everybody on the insurance right away, it's such a scam. Yeah. And so I get that. That's why they were just like, Oh, well, and so, the, the people I was working with are fine. They're like you know whatever's going to work. But I ended up switching some things around in my internship and getting like a vacation block for the last block and and then uh, I had like my very last rotation and my internship was opto and those people were awesome and they were like yeah yeah you're fine. So I had like left early on the last Friday of my internship, went home, um, like. We had a, I had a moving truck. My parents drove over and I had every, I'd already had everything like ready to go to like packed up. It was, everything was packed. Just need to be loaded onto a truck. So that Friday afternoon, pick up the, the rental truck, um, Loaded everything except a mattress or two, um, I guess probably an air mattress and a real mattress. And then the next morning, that Saturday morning, got up, put the mattresses in the truck. And then I don't remember who drove what, but my parents were in a vehicle and we had a rental truck. And then we drove the like 13 or 14 hours from Champaign, Illinois to Raleigh, North Carolina, got in super late Saturday night, unloaded the beds, the mattresses, slept, got up Sunday morning, unloaded the truck. And then my parents were like, all right, bye, good luck. And then I started <laughs> work the next day. So, didn't have a whole lot of break in between the internship and residency, uh, but that was fine. I do remember, I remember thinking, um, so when I got like my schedule, I don't remember like the details of how I got my schedule, but I remember getting my schedule and being scheduled for an ICU rotation. And... Remember, my internship, we didn't have a critical list. We didn't really have proper critical care, so I only was on emergency. There was not a critical care rotation. There wasn't a critical care service. We had an ICU. I mean, there were there were nurses, you know, technicians in the ICU taking care of the patients, but there wasn't anybody yeah, was in of like charge of out. that. Yeah, was kind of. No, I mean, it wasn't hangout, but it, there wasn't anybody overseeing that. Everybody just managed their own patients, and I, so I had no concept. I'm I mean, going to sign up for this residency and I don't know what the heck i signed up <laughs> for. I don't
1: even for. know what I'm doing. I, just,
0: I had no idea. And, um, and so I had this idea. My, so my first week, um, I'm, I'm going to be on ICU and I don't know what that means. I had no idea what it was going to involve. And I, and I, I had this idea in my head. I was, I'm going to be bored all week. Like I'm not going to have anything to do. Oh my God. How wrong was I? Um, so the way the ICU was set up at NC state, which I, I really actually loved, uh, where you had a resident assigned to ICU and your job was to oversee all of the patients in the ICU from all the other services. Um, and, and they did have an ICU, a proper ICU, meaning there was also other wards for the, the patients that were stable, didn't need to be in ICU. They, yeah, just um, like post-op. Yeah, they're, just like, they're fine. They just need somebody to keep an eye after Waiting them, for their you their know, make sure they come. don't chew out their bandage or something like that, but like not the sick patients. And so this ICU was the sick patients. And, you know, I would come in every morning. I'd get in at, like seven AM, and I would examine every single one of the patients. I would review the charts on every single one of the patients, and then the faculty would come in a little bit later. I'd us- we usually have rounds at like eight eight to nine or something like that. And then I have a little bit more time after rounds to finish any of that stuff up. And then at 10 o'clock, I would round with my ICU supervising faculty and to, like we would talk about it. I'd be like, OK, here's this case. I'd present the case. them." it's just me and the faculty. And then we would go over, OK, what's working, what's not? What should we do? Should we make recommendations? And these are all other people's cases. None of these were my I wasn't the primary clinician on the case. But the other services would come through and like, we would just help them with all their stuff. Like, hey, can we get blood work on this one? Or can you help do this? Can you facilitate that? This one needs a chest tap. Can you do this? This one needs a urinary cat, like whatever. So I was, you know, do with the technicians. I mean, we had amazing nurses and I would just do all that stuff. And that first week I can just remember being like, holy crap. Like yeah, this, I was busy. nothing like busy. on TV.
1: <laughs> when you see the ICU on TV, it's just like people in bandages laying there and occasionally one of them dies. <laughs>
0: there wasn't a single human patient in that whole ICU yeah <laughs> no, no but I, I just remember it was really fun because um, one of the one of the nurses um, I just that first week I was just like holy crap and I, I think I said to her I was like I'll be honest with you I didn't I thought I was gonna be bored I didn't think I was gonna have anything to do and this week kicked my butt and she was like girl you rocked this week I mean I had so much fun it was so much fun, um, to kind of just focus on the stuff I wanted to do. And, and the cases like the sickest cases in the hospital, those are the ones that are most interesting to me. Um, so I got, that was my first real taste of the critical care side of emergency and critical care to that point. I'd only ever done the emergency side and, uh, and it was pretty flippin' awesome. Um, which was fortunate that I I got the right thing and didn't, uh, considering I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Um, I do remember, um, being asked during my interview at Penn, it was actually Ken Drobatz asked me, I remember this specifically. Um, he, he said, you know... What? He's the president, right? The pre- no, that's um, currently Donald Trump. Oh. Um, no, he was, he is actually, yes, he is the the president of ACVEC right now. Go Ken. Um, no, he asked me... What's the difference between emergency and critical care? And I have no idea what I said. I'm sure it was stupid because um, I had no idea. I had no idea. I was like, "Well, I don't know. Why are you asking me this now?" is <laughs> it. when it's
1: first come in. Critical care is after you log it in. Uh,
0: yeah, I think I might have said like some sort of difference between acute and chronic or something like that. I don't know. I, I, I probably BS them. That's probably why I didn't. Neb- yeah, they didn't match. Yeah. Um. Who knows? I was probably their number one pick. <laughs>
1: <No> <laughs> you way. could ask him.
0: Oh, yeah. He would totally remember. He'd he go does. back. He seems go like back the type of guy he remembered.
1: Uh, let me look at my notes.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: yeah, you are. Are, are you horrific. sure
0: you applied? Do you get you? We don't have your name. I don't have your name on our record. Oh, wait. There's a big red X. <laughs> That's a good thing. Oh, I can
1: see where I erased it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm pretty sure I said some really dumb things in my interview, Ben. I did. Mu- th- I interviewed That's there first. That's what interviews are for. I know. Say I did much better. Things. I did much better when I interviewed at NC State. Much, much better. Obviously, so uh, I don't remember what. what, what oh, I
1: wanted going back to yeah. um, to when you like you had two week overlap because oh, yeah. of insurance. Yeah, I think like when you're getting new jobs or you're having to do something like that or you want to switch jobs, there's always stuff like that. Oh yeah, and it's always because of an insurance company or something weird. <laughs> Some but weird kind of the moral rule. of the story is if you just don't talk to the it. people yeah. at both places. They'll work it out for and you. And it
0: did. Yeah. And I talked like to Like the, the HR people,
1: people at everywhere you go kind of know what's going on. It's not yeah. going to be like, oh, well, guess you're uh, out of luck for
0: yeah. oh, for all that. I you're guess. not going to
1: have health insurance for a long time. Or
0: guess you're not getting this job. I'll yeah. be honest. I think that probably crossed my mind. I was like, are they going to not let me take the job? And they were like, yeah, whatever. Get here when you get here. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You'll start yeah. when you start.
1: Most of those places don't care. It's just the the big giant companies make yeah general rules that don't work for real people. Yeah, And then- Real people figure out how to make it work. Yeah. How to cheat it.
0: Exactly. It was all fine. We, we worked, like you said, both ends. You know, Illinois was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. Um, no big deal. And NC State was like, yeah, if you can't get here on time, it's fine. Like, you'll just kind of miss the orientation because all the residents start at the same time. And I was like, well, I want to be there for orientation. That's where you meet the people, Yeah, the other people. Um, so, yeah, then, so that there was three years of that. <laughs> Two um, years of,
1: oh, this isn't what I thought.
0: Yeah, it was better. I loved it. I, I really did. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed I, In particular, I enjoyed the ICU side of things. I did. I got to where I really loved the critical care aspect of it. Um, emergency was good too, um, but there's a lot of tinkering and critical care, which I enjoyed. Um, and I, I also like just like being helpful. Here, how can I help you with your case? I can remember, I think it was in my second year, and we had a new crop of interns, and And, um, one of the interns, it was in the first, you know, so
1: they're two years younger than you.
0: They're very young, um, but new to the program there. Right. And so one of the interns is on internal medicine and so she has an appointment that turns out to be fairly sick. And so she's like, ah, this case comes in. So she's trying to book it into the ICU and she's looking very, very flustered. And I was like, well, tell me about the case. And you can tell she's like, oh, I don't have time for this. So she tells me, rounds me on the case and, um, And so she's like, we need to do this, 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 and this. And I was like, okay, I can take care of all that. And I can finish making your treatment sheet. Like, cause she told me what she wanted to do. And I was like, I can take care of all that. And she just kind of looked at me dumbfounded, like what? (laughs) I was like, yeah, that I can, I can get all that. Like, she's like, "I," cause she had like another appointment coming up, which is, that's what's happening. I'm like, yeah. We, we've got this. We'll get the blood. We'll collect it. We'll get a catheter in. We'll get these things started. We'll submit this. I can do this and I'll finish your treatment sheet. Like, honestly, it'll be better if I do it that way. I'll do it the way I want it anyway. And she was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And she'd come from a, you know, a hospital where that's not how it was done. You took care of your, I was like, no, yep, that's what we do. This is part of the service we offer. And she was like, oh yes, this was, you know, so, um, That was really. I enjoyed that. I was like, yeah, this is all the fun stuff. This is. I like doing this kind of stuff. Like, I, you know, I get to manage this case, and um, especially if it was like an intern, because they're like, yeah, do whatever you think. (laughs) Um, They had to go back to their faculty and make sure things were good. I really liked that aspect um, of the way it was set up at NC State. Uh, It's. I'm sure there's things that are different about it at the time, because as we said, you always got to change things up, but. Because I was involved in the management of everybody's cases. So if it was a surgery case, a medicine case, an oncology case, cardiology, I was involved. And um and that made me better because now I have all the different specialties. Yeah, it
1: seems like being part if of if you're that. going to be a criticalist, you should take care of all the patients in yeah. the ICU. Yeah. Kind of like the surgeon take care of all the patients in the surgery.
0: Right. Like that you or do what, the surgery what, side of things. What do they call it that? opera. The operating room. Operating room. Oh, some people I guess. Call, I don't know. I've never called it the opera. That sounds stupid. Um, <laughs> but the they they will call it like the theater. In, theater. Uh, that's in, what I was like. Yeah, for. in like in Europe and places like that. That's yeah. what they called it in in South Africa too. is the theater, um, but working with all of those services like they're really good at their wedge of things and um and that made me better at critical care and i think it made all of like all the residents that i got to work with like they were better at whatever they did because they had our input from critical care like not yeah, only you are you helping each other but you're learning
1: by- specializing.
0: Yeah. Um, you get to specialize on yours, but you're also learning a bit about the other person's specialty, right? Like, Oh, because you're working together. Um, yeah. And it just, the patient care is that much better. Um, so when we all get a chance to work together, I think it works really well. And the patient care was just really phenomenal and, uh, and a lot of fun. And I I got to learn a ton. Um, we were in a good, I was in a good area, um, for financial wherewithal from the clientele, which was, that um, mean, it means we had enough wealthy clients um, that when we recommended doing, you know, a lot of things, I got to do it, right? Yeah. If, um, and so if you I, wanted
1: to do something fancy and cool, sometimes yeah, you like, got to do it.
0: Well, because if you have a really, really sick patient, it costs a lot of money to try to keep that patient alive. Yeah. And what I do is try to keep really, really sick patients alive. And if nobody has the money, it, it costs a lot of money and there's no guarantee it's going to be successful. And so it's completely reasonable and understandable for somebody to say, I, I can't put thousands of dollars into a dog that's got a 10% chance of making it. That's so reasonable. But it's really hard to learn to become a criticalist if none of your clients can do that. And yeah, so, like
1: being a uh, like a feed animal criticalist would be pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> like how much does it cost? Does it cost more than $200?
0: Okay, yeah, it's not. All right, we're done. Now, I I the downside of that, right, is that I got a little bit spoiled. Um and and so I did at the end of my residency I was a little bit spoiled and I'll be honest I got a little over reliant on some of the the toys and the bells and whistles and, and having all the fancy equipment and things like that um and so uh, you know when I went to South Africa after the residency and uh, the financial situation was dramatically different where I was living and I, I it, it was perfect timing for me so I got to like learn all of this fancy stuff like this is if if I have everything available to me this is what I can do and it's pretty awesome the things that we can accomplish and then I got a little kick in the head to be like, you know what? (laughs) But what I, what I learned later was that once you've become a specialist, you should be, in my opinion, the best at handling your specialty on a budget, right? So if you're a neurologist, you should be better than anyone else, um, anyone who's not a neurologist, at managing a neurologic case on a budget. And for yeah, me, as you a, know all the things that you don't
1: really need to do exactly, you, you should be
0: able to figure out the get way it more to right cut the corners. first time. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm going to home in on what I think the most likely thing is, and I'm going to be efficient with these people's money. And so, as a criticalist, I should be better at managing a critical care case on a budget.
1: Um, yeah, like that commercial. There, I think it was like an autos. Oh no, it was a, maybe a Napa commercial. The mm-hmm. guys like. He like pops up in your car and there's some, what's that noise? And the Napa guy pops up and he's like, that sounds like a blah, 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 blah. And then he like sneaks in your car. Yeah, that was it.
0: And that's it. Rather yeah, than it having saves to do all this
1: diagnostic stuff. Yeah, just, exactly. Listen to it.
0: Yeah, so that's what I eventually had to learn. But I first had to learn the bells and whistles, and and um and it helps you, I think, understand the physiology and the pathophysiology of diseases, and um and so there was a lot of really great stuff. I was very very fortunate that I was able to um, manage the types of cases that we did and learn the types of things we did. I got to do quite a bit of mechanical ventilation, um and, yeah, just some really cool cases, um that, you know. And then there were specialty, you know, other specialties in the hospital that were doing some cool things. They were doing bone marrow transplants in dogs. That at the time and so managing those cases was was really eye-opening and i learned a ton from that and yeah just a lot of really good stuff going on and, and really great for my training and the people there were really fantastic um really really loved the people that i got to work with and so i had a great three years so um,
1: how often um so if, let's go back to the first year okay so if i guess any of the years like how often how many hours a week are you working as a uh-huh. resident
0: Okay. So my schedule at the time, if I was on ICU, where it was my, it was, I liked it best, but those were my longest hours. So I would work seven days a week. Monday through Friday was pretty much going to be a 12 hour day um, at least. Actually, I can actually remember specifically leaving one day after only like ten or eleven hours or something and being like, Whoo, look at me getting out early and then like stopping and being like, That's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's super messed up that I left after like eleven hours and I was like, Woohoo, look at me. Um Anyway, but uh, yeah, so it Monday through Friday was uh, like 10 or 12 hour, 12 hour a day, 11, 12 hour a day, something like that. And then on the weekends, it was variable. So I'd go in on Saturday, Sunday, check in on all the cases, and then we'd have an intern that would be on during the day. Um, but it would just depend. Like if there were a lot of sick things, I, I sometimes would be there all day. So I would routinely work probably 80 hours a week, routinely. Some weeks would be more, um, some would be less. If I was on ER, it was fewer hours because um the shifts were long but you had two days off um yeah. so yeah because you in- didn't
1: have patients that you were continuing with you kind of
0: Right. Those get them get, and
1: transfer them or send them home.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, well, and if you did transfer them, there were other people that the way the schedule worked, you just had two days off. You weren't on call. Yeah. You weren't expected to come in and manage those. So, um, but yeah, it, it was a lot of hours. And and then if there was like a ventilator case, it was like, I guess I'm going to work for the next 36 hours straight, you know, and like somebody's got to stay here with the case all night. So I would just stay all night and then I'd maybe go home and shower um, after an hour and then come back and work the next day. Kind of dumb things. Um, and it didn't seem to, it didn't bother me at the time because like that's what you did and i was learning a ton and those were cool cases but there there were some weeks where i was like this was rough but i loved it um i didn't do a whole lot else um my outlet i actually you'll like this i just i played volleyball actually you knew that already yeah uh i uh i showed you we we actually got to see the courts we went and played yeah we tried to play that that's right um so for those of you that don't know Topher and I met playing pickup volleyball in Florida. Um, And so I spent my three years of my residency training for for my opportunity to meet my future husband.
1: Yeah, and she was almost good enough to compete with me.
0: Uh, mm -hmm. No, I actually liked Topher because he was the second best player out there on the court when we met.
1: I don't think people would agree with that
0: um i think anyone who was there would agree with that i think
1: i had the if there was like an espn top 10 moment oh cool I would have you most hit somebody them. in
0: the face a person who doesn't know how to play volleyball he hit somebody in the face and that's one of his proudest and what moments. happened I they don't... went to
1: the ground the person yeah
0: yeah that's what happens yeah. when you I hit people i don't in the think face. i
1: hit her in the face you I hit, think her, she it got, hit her in the face i think she got her hands up in Def- time
0: no it was like full, full on in the face. That's I made my sure husband, she was ladies okay. and gentlemen. You did not. Did. Everyone else did. You were like, yes, fist bump. <laughs> you were so proud of that. That was not on the day that we first met, though. That happened later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I might have reconsidered if that had been the first day. i be like, wow, what a jerk.
1: At least it, I didn't like spike it out of nowhere. It was the proper time to do it. It was a...
0: I mean, you were hitting, no, it, it wasn't like intentionally hitting, it was over the net. It was a good shot, but. I mean,
1: you know, I was intentionally like spiking it.
0: Yeah, but not at someone's face. No, no,
1: not at their face.
0: Um, anyway, so my, uh, during my residency, I eventually found, um, there was a place not far from where I lived, where they had uh, volleyball courts and lights. And so it could go out and like, so usually a few nights a week, I I can't remember what night of the week, there was a couple nights where it was like, this is when people go out um, and play. And then Saturday mornings, that was like marathon volleyball time. That was when like the serious people played. That's when we played doubles. And I can remember I'd been playing weeknights and and I was pretty good. Um, But I'd go out there on Saturdays, that's when the serious people played. And the very first weekend I went out, I was just like, I don't know any of these people, but I'm going to try to play. And so they're playing. And and then in between when they're taking a break, I was like, hey, just kind of awkwardly going to introduce myself. Hey, do you guys, do you guys mind if I jump in? And you could tell they're all like, ugh. We don't really want somebody to come in because people, new people come in and like, we play pretty competitive. I've been watching them. They were pretty competitive. Playing
1: properly. Yeah,
0: like, exactly. In but in they, were nice. they were nice. They were like, game. they were like, okay. And then I go and I play with somebody. And after playing for a little bit, they were like, oh, <laughs> okay. You actually do know how to play volleyball. You're, you're, that this is okay. And so then they're like, hey, what was your name? And then you get to know them. And then I was a regular and we'd go out and play. But like, li- I'd literally go out at like, eight or nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. And I would be there until like three or four in the afternoon. We bring coolers and there was a, a Rita's nearby. Um, and I, so I would mm-hmm. go afterwards and I would get a, I'd get a Rita's. I'd get a, um, what's it called? Custard.
1: Yeah. the Gelati. Custard. gelati. Yeah. I'd so, get a gelati yeah, gelati. It was
0: like right across the street. I could walk over so
1: That's That's a uh, shaved ice
0: and custard. Custard. Yeah. It's delicious. If you've never had a Rita's Rita's is, it's, it's a noun, I guess it's, it's the thing you get. Um, that comes from my softball days in college. Anyway, um, so that and was then, so, that was the only other thing I did besides my residency. Like
1: how do you, how do you, eat and get stuff if you work? Yeah. So, I imagine you're so Harris Teeter was open
0: twenty four seven. What?
1: And then you sleep for, you sleep for probably like eight hours. No. I guess you got I didn't sleep for eight hours. No?
0: No. Um, also, I would get paged all the time in the middle of the night. So when yeah. I was on ICU, the intern was on overnight and they would page me first. So I would get... And I had a pager. <laughs> An actual pager. It was fancy, though, because you could get text messages on the pager. So I would get the Ooh. beep, 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 you know, this really annoying beep. And then I would look at me like, there's a brief message. And then I call them back in.
1: Everybody's seen that on the shows. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe not everybody anymore.
0: I wasn't a drug dealer. I was a doctor. <laughs> I had a drug dealer pager. It was issued by the hospital. But I... I, so I would get, uh, I, I, I didn't get all that much sleep, um, you know.
1: I feel like drug dealers didn't have pagers back then. They just had like three phones.
0: Maybe that's what it was. I so, don't know. Yeah. Um,
1: drug dealers looked at you like. Yeah.
0: It was like low class drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the grocery store, Harris Teeter was open 24-7. So that's how I got groceries. Yeah. And it's a lot less busy when you go late at night. There was actually a point. Okay. I, money was tight. Um, I lived by myself, which was important to me because I didn't want roommates. Uh, I liked living by myself. Um, Topher's the first roommate I had <laughs> in a long, long, like since undergrad. Um, and I wasn't sure about that. I wasn't sure how that was going to work. It ended up working out great. But um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I... I financially should have had roommates that would have been a smarter choice but like for my mental health I think it was better not to um but money was tough it was tight Uh, I actually considered applying for a job at the Harris Teeter because it was open 24-7 not that's 100% true um because we weren't legally allowed to moonlight like even though I was a, a veterinarian I couldn't work um at another vet hospital that was in our contract um which honestly there weren't hours to do it but i was like i need some extra money um i can remember anytime like going out with like faculty any of my faculty if they would like offer to pay for the meal the whole time we're eating i was like god please please offer to pay please offer to pay like oh my gosh i'll pretend like no 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 it's fine and then they'll hopefully be like yes and i was like okay thank you like you know, I can't afford this nice meal. Um, <laughs> I can't. I mean, I was living paycheck to paycheck for sure. Um, there was not a lot left over. And then there'd be like, oh, now you have to go to this conference. This is good for your training. I'm like, who the hell is going to pay for this? Yeah. I don't have extra money for this. I have
1: to pay to get there and just to be there? And yeah. then a room?
0: This is this is, this is is ridiculous. Um, I can't yeah. just take a
1: car and sleep in the car? Like
0: I have enough just to pay my bills each month and that is all um i can't afford ah, to travel and then imagine if you anything. were oh.
1: i feel like you're missing something as a vet resident that most have what, what do you mean seven dogs
0: oh yeah no i had, two had cats. Had i just had two cats um i was not a ridiculous person and my cats were good they were healthy they did not cost me a bunch of money yeah so, good job kitties um no i did not have dogs and things like that but i mean i went out mostly what i did was play volleyball which was great because that was free um there was no there was no money involved in that, that except for the worked readers nicely yeah, but, you know, you got to eat. <laughs> That's food. Um, but if I was playing volleyball all day and that was the only thing I ate from, like, 8 a.m. to 4 plus, like, a Gatorade or something, it wasn't too, actually, it was just a jug of water, mostly was what I would do. Um, but that was cheaper than a gym membership, too. I yeah. didn't didn't go to the gym. I just played volleyball.
1: Um, yeah, I always remember when I do pickup sports um, every now and then, like, there, there's always some old guy that, like, comes out, like, yeah. remembering, he's probably what I am now, he goes out and remembers in his youth, and he's got a cooler. Yeah. And he's just, like, Gives out drinks. Oh, and where was that can, guy? Yeah, when we do pick up Frisbee. That would have been cool. We go out, and he, the guy, like, he'd have a giant cooler, like, oh, that guy has a cooler way too big for just himself <laughs>
0: oh and that's be like, hey, you with want that a guy gatorade? yes i like, do yeah
1: i do oh
0: that's cool are we is that gonna be us one day or are we gonna be old people at some park just handing out gatorade probably it probably won't be legal they would be like that's not allowed yeah that's probably contaminated who
1: else has touched that gatorade
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right you don't want you're it. not wearing a mask what's going on um what else what else do you want to know about my residency years
1: um so how did it, how did it like change going from year to year? So the first year, you don't even know what you're doing when you get there. Oh yeah,
0: okay. and then like so when you get
1: comfortable, and then when you get is- bored.
0: Bored? No. Here is the evolution, the mental evolution of I think nearly all residencies. Like everybody, I think goes through this. The first year, you're like, I don't know anything. Holy cow! But it's okay because you expected not to know anything, or at least that's how I felt. I was like, I'm not supposed to know anything. I'm just learning everything, and this is amazing, and everything is new and exciting, and oh my gosh, I'm learning so much. This is so great. Um, and then in your second year, you're like why do I still feel like I don't know anything? And it starts to feel stressful because you don't know anything. And yet you feel like now I should, I've had a whole year. And then there's some first year that comes up behind you, Julie, and is like so stinking smart. And you're like, why you're making me look bad. And like, they'll ask questions in rounds. And the first year is getting the question right. And I'm like, I'm glad they didn't ask me because I didn't know the answer to that. And I was like, Mm -hmm. so feeling very insecure about not knowing anything. And, but that I should, where in the first year I didn't, didn't know anything, but I didn't feel like I should Yeah, it was yet. okay. It was fine. It was first year. And the second year, I'm like, oh my God, what happened in that first year? I thought I was learning stuff. I don't know anything. And then at the beginning, like the first half of my third year, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I know some stuff. This is pretty good. You know, I've got a, a second year behind me, a couple first years now. They don't know anything. And this is great. I feel, I feel pretty smart. And then about midway through the third year, um, you start thinking that you have an exam to take. And that starts looming over your head and you start, you go back to that feeling of, oh my God, I don't know anything anymore. Like it, that panic sets in That Not that you don't know anything, but you don't know enough. Um, and so yeah, first year, great. Uh, second year slump was just like, oh my God, I don't know anything and I should. And third year, I'm starting to know some stuff and that lasted for a few months and then it was like reality set in and it was like, there's no way I'm going to know all the things I need to know for the exam. Um, but, you know, I think for me, the key was also just focusing on, like, what I was doing and the patient care side of things. There were the extra stressors. Like, you ha- I had to publish my research report, and there was definitely stressors that went along with that. Hey,
1: uh, before you go into that, I was going to ask, did you ever do anything, like, fun, like, like silly, where, like, let's say uh, uh, a first year comes in or an intern comes in, and there's, like, different colors of the same bandage, and you're like, you <laughs> use the pink one, for patients, oh, I'm that are sure I did so and so kilos, and I'm 100 sure one for that. And if you like if you that. use the wrong one, it can be bad. It'll apply too much pressure, and yeah. it'll pop the leg off. I
0: don't something. know. We'll have to ask some of those yeah. people. I'm remember? sure I'm sure I did it routinely, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I can't think of anything in particular that um, that I, I would have done. I don't know. I'll have to think on that and see if I can come up with any specific pranks that I that I used. Um,
1: okay, so now what, what were like the most. <laughs> annoying parts of it. I know like publishing your paper was real bad.
0: Well, the, the whole process wasn't bad. There were some deadlines that had to be met and things that, um, didn't go the way I wanted them to, but, um, yeah.
1: So it went, it went badly. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It worked out, but it was yes. very stressful and very annoying.
0: Yeah. For, for short bursts of time, it would be very stressful and very annoying. Yeah. So that kind of stunk. Um,
1: cause you have to have a paper published by a certain date. So every in order to college, yeah, to take, take the board. exam. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you have to pay for it before
0: then. That's what the timing... Okay, so they've changed some things since I did all this. Um, but at the time, yes, um, the, in order to sit for boards, um, you had to meet all the certain criteria. And all of I, I wasn't worried about any of those, except I had to have a letter of acceptance of my paper by a certain date. But that date fell after the due date to pay the fee to take the exam which was like $1,000. And I don't know if I mentioned before. That's a lot of groceries. But I thought about working at a grocery store part-time. So $1,000 was not extra money that I had. And so I was panicking because I was like, I haven't, I was supposed to get my, um, we'd submitted our our last revision or what I thought was going to be our last revision. And I was expecting to hear back to be like, cool. I was like, we've addressed all their concerns. Everything should be fine. And then I get this email back saying, um, we we need a few more revisions. And I was like, What? (laughs) So the deadline to get my paper accepted, I still had lots of time for that, but the deadline to pay for the exam was looming large. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm I'm not going to have my acceptance and they're not going to refund. Like, I didn't know the system, but I was like, I'm going to pay a thousand dollars and then I'm not going to get my paper. And I'm I'm, I'm just going to throw away a thousand dollars. I was like, if I had a thousand dollars to gamble, I would be in Vegas right now. <laughs> and so I'm panicking. I'm freaking out. Um, and I'm not a panicker or a freaker outer, which is probably why I do ECC. And so my, my mentor, um, who had worked with me on the research project, I think was just not expecting me to panic. Um, and I can just remember I was, I had this week off actually, I was off clinics, um, to get things done. And, and fortunately I did, but I get this email back that saying they had, they wanted more revisions. And so I'm texting my, um, um, my mentor about this. Like, I need a response right now. Like I was like, I need to turn this around because then maybe there's a chance I'll get my acceptance before I have to submit this check. And she wasn't responding. And so I probably sent her like 10 text messages. I was like, if I don't hear from you by this time, I'm just going to submit it without you. Blessing or something like that. She sends back. She's like, no, do not or something. I was like, oh, I was like, I could strangle her. I'm, I'm like venting to your house. I know. I'm like, I'm venting to my resident mates, and they're like, oh my, you know, I think we went out and had some drinks that night, and um, and I was just like, Bleh. and later I talked to my mentor, and she was like, I guess I just, I was, I've never seen you panic, and I just assumed that you were fine, and then I was like, I got all these messages, I was like, what's going on, and I was like, I was freaking out. That I'm not going to be able to take boards I'm not going to I'm have to push everything back an entire year and this is going to be terrible and blah blah anyway but then I was talking to my parents I'm panicking about that and my dad was like we're going to pay for your exam fee and I was like no because like I don't want you guys to waste a thousand dollars and they were like we're doing it it's not it's not negotiable this is happening um which was really nice of them um and so they paid for, my dad's like, I'm not worried. Your paper's going to get accepted in time. It's no big deal. It's not a gamble. And I was like, huh? um, so they paid and then my paper got accepted and it was all fine. But it was a really stressful few days. Yeah. Like super stressful. Money made everything more stressful. And the fact that you're not well paid makes everything that much harder. And you weren't around to help. Jerk. Thanks a lot.
1: Yeah. I would have gotten that paper published.
0: I don't mean that. Was, you could have helped pay the bills. Oh, <laughs> you could have had a job that paid money. Like in dollars. Yeah. That would have been helpful. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah, you um, went to
1: the wrong vet school if you got to Florida.
0: Oh, uh, they didn't have an ECC residency. Mm. Should have started <laughs> one. I should have started one. Um, yeah, before doing a residency. That's mm-hmm. totally how it works. Um, I don't know why you couldn't have had like a frisbee tournament in North Carolina.
1: We did have a frisbee tournament in uh, NC State every year in October. Yeah. What was it called?
0: What years? Were you doing it when I was there? Uh, Between 2008 I did it. and 2011?
1: No. Wow. Yeah, well, so I think I went in 2008. Yeah. So, when, what year is it? I know I went in 2004, 2005. That was back when you were in high school? Yeah. <laughs> no, was, I wouldn't Tover's have been was there. much there younger then.
0: than me, for those of you who don't know. So, so yeah,
1: 2004, five, and six, I think I went there. Oh, no. That was What too was early? it called?
0: North Carolina?
1: Oh, well. I think it was called, I think it was just the like Wolfpack Invitational. Oh, that would make
0: sense because that is the the mascot of NC State. Yeah.
1: Yeah. NC State's very weird for their fields. We had to drive to a bunch of different places and we would always get lost. And um, the guy who was like kind of our coach team leader (laughs) would make us stay like a half hour away so that we would get up early enough to get there and we wouldn't do anything. was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. And we never we never figured it out until like <laughs> afterwards. It's like maybe you just oh cool smarter. Kyle got the hotel, and then um we get there is like why is the hotel so far away?
0: It wasn't like it was just cheaper. That would have made sense.
1: No, it's the it's like he just wants we were to staying like early. near Wake Forest fully or something. Awake. Oh gosh, I've, yeah,
0: that is really far away.
1: Yeah, it was just he was just a jerk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay. Uh, what else? I think that what
1: else? Well, what are the other like? like stressful moments of your residency or is it all just like
0: it's like, mostly sunshine and rainbows yeah um i mean there were some long nights there were definitely i was tired at times that wasn't uh you know a big issue oh i, I know got along with people
1: so yeah. your like specialty thing is um coagulopathy oh yeah is hemostasis hairy? and stuff yeah yeah how did that come about in the residency when does that happen because so, i haven't heard yeah. anything about it and you talk about being this like hot shot i'm
0: trying, i'm <laughs> I don't talk about it. <laughs> That's not what happens. Yeah, but,
1: I'm on so um, Try not to
0: bore everybody.
1: PhD committee for blah, 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 blah. Masters.
0: But okay. So. <laughs> oh, it's just a master's. It's just a master's. So um, that actually started uh, just a little bit during my internship. So um, there was a journal club that one of the um, medicine residents presented on TEG, on thromboelastography. And I was learning about that. I was like, that that thing seems cool. Um, and I remember not really understanding coagulation much at all. Like I memorized the Y cascade that everybody did in vet school and then promptly forgot all of it.
1: <laughs> y cascade? That sounds like the, from Animaniacs, the little girl.
0: Oh, why, 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 um, <laughs> yeah, it's a cascade of whys. No, it's a, uh, that, that's just kind of the model that's used to explain, uh, in a very cursory way, how coagulation works, um, and so I just started getting interested in coagulation during my internship, but really didn't have time to do anything with it, um, but was kind of like getting interested in that. And um, so realized that like, no, that's, that's what I really like. And so I used my residency to kind of build that up and did a research project with one so of my So you did it on also. purpose? It
1: wasn't like Yeah, a, yeah. It no, wasn't like... I just
0: fell into it. No.
1: So-and-so there does Somebody that else. No. And now I'm... I no,
0: I, I I was like I like this. This is what I want to do. And one of the faculty was like, "Oh, cool, that sounds fun. Yeah, I, I like that too." And so, um, it wasn't my like official assigned mentor that I did my research project with because it made more sense to do it with a person who likes coagulation. And so we did a platelet mapping study, um, and and that was really good. And so I um I got a little bit better at that. But I I had to like sit down and read the Stephanie Smith cell based model of coagulation article. So very many times and then like draw out the process and like just repeat it in my head over and over and over until I could be like, I know this inside and out. Um, And, uh, and so yeah, that is something I, I started to, you know, focus extra attention on and and liked it and got better at it to the point that um, I didn't have to spend as as much time studying that for boards. Like, I I wanted to. I wanted to read all the articles for boards. I was like, I can't do that. I have to actually read this other stuff that I don't find quite as interesting. Um, but I, I definitely struggled at times. Like we had rounds every week, and I would have to present probably about once a month. I would have to present a topic, um, and we would do journal clubs. Um, you know, just the residents uh, a couple times a month, I think it was, and then there was joint rounds with other services on f- Wednesdays and Fridays. Or I don't remember the exact. I think that's right. Um, it was, so it was just a lot of like you're there all day, you know, 12, uh, 13, 14, sometimes hours a day. And then you have to prepare for rounds the next day. And, uh, you know, it was a good thing that I have It didn't seems like have much rounds when
1: you're not presenting would be tough in a situation like that. Because it's like, oh, I've been up for yeah, so and so. And now I have to sit in a room and listen to somebody talk who's not Right. Probably but you get a lot more out of it. it if,
0: you, you know, it's true. You get a lot more out of it if you've prepared, but sometimes it's really hard. Like I didn't do the reading, you know, I just, I didn't prepare for this. Yeah. Oh, and, and I, just to like
1: stay awake.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't usually too bad. Cause I feel like, I don't know, things were usually pretty good oh, and yeah. it was stuff sometimes. I mean, if it was going to be a presentation on something, it wasn't really my thing. I might skip that one. Like, cause if I'm going to the internal medicine thing and it's on, you know, something very medicine-y and not ECC I might find something I was like oh there's a bunch of patients I still gotta take care of you know there's Mm -hmm. ways to get out of doing that stuff other things it's harder to skip out on Um, but some of them were just our rounds the ECC things and some of it were my presentations being like oh my god I'm like cramming at the last minute staying up all night to finish a presentation um, and have it be mediocre (laughs) Um,
1: yeah and you're probably at the level where you can't just like google a presentation for it and rip it off
0: no 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 no. but i also wasn't at the level where i could just you know i can throw a presentation a presentation together pretty quickly now if it's on a subject that i know but the problem is i don't know these subjects that's the whole point i'm doing a residency so i have to like do the research or now if i pr- present on something i'm like i already kind of have an idea in my head of what i want it to be um and i just have to fill in some details yeah. here and there yeah, and just wing it a little bit. I mean, it's not completely winging it, but the foundation is there. And when the foundation is not, not there, winging it, because everything... you spent
1: like seven years yeah. of school learning it, right?
0: So it's like so making I've, the. Presentation. I've been working on this
1: presentation for seven years,
0: <laughs> not this specific presentation, but um, yeah, I couldn't do any of that. I, all of the information was new. Like I have to start from scratch on these things. Um, and then also just the confidence. Like right now, I'm at the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm. You know, if I present on a topic, I'm probably going to be the person in the room who knows the most about it. So I'm not like worried. Whereas a resident, you're presenting, and all of your faculty who already know all this stuff are going to be sitting there watching you and judging you. And it, you know, that's how it feels, right? Like they're going to pick out everything I say wrong and blah, blah, blah. And um, turns out now I know they're all faking it. None of us know anything. Yeah, <laughs> not really. Um, but uh, yeah, if you've been reading up on something, you're probably going to know more about it than anybody else in that moment, unless one of them is an expert. Yeah, that's what
1: I always tell. I had a bunch of friends that went to grad school for PhDs, and they would always worry about presentations and their like their, um, dissertations and stuff along that lines. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to get up there and I'm going to present present in front of all these people, and they're going to think I'm an idiot. And I was like, Do any you of those people do research on what you're doing? Yeah. No. It's like you're the expert you're the in the expert. world yep. on this. On this one, one tiny little thing, thing. Mm-hmm. they don't know as much as you. Nope, you know. Even it your mentor do. doesn't know.
0: Nope. It's true. It's true. Um,
1: they would not let you go up there if uh, that's true. <laughs> you were gonna screw. Up. They would. They would let you know ahead of time.
0: There were definitely some of my presentations that were not very good, though. Like there were some yeah. that I was like, Meh. and that's, then uh, hopefully I got better at it yeah. over the three years, right? Um, but it was just like, oh, I just I, I you're just always want to sleep better than you think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, nobody ever laughed me out of the room. and Nobody ever was like, Bobby. We need to talk.
1: Bobby, have you considered a career in stand up comedy? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um good because, because you're this not isn't very going funny. Well. <laughs> oh. Um so yeah, no, I, I would say overall though my residency was was pretty good. Um yeah. yeah. Did you
1: enjoy it more than your internship in yeah. vet school, regular vet school?
0: um <laughs> the internships, yes. internship yes internship yes terrible vet school there were a moment, yeah yeah i would say yeah um but there were definitely some cool things about vet school but um yeah i think overall i mean it just gets better because then you're doing the stuff like all if all of vet school was clinics um it would be it would be up there as pretty good because then you have all the fun without any of the real responsibility so that, yeah. that's kind of fun um but um no i mean the residency was pretty great not that every day was great and every minute was great, but overall it was pretty great. I would do it again for sure, especially if I was getting paid better. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would like literally go back and do it again if I could keep my salary. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I'll be a resident. Um, All right, so
1: you finish your residency. I did. So now, now you just have to take the test that says that you actually Yeah, now it, I have to take my and board And you have to find a job?
0: Yeah. Um, finding the job was easier than I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, well, yeah, it was it it was for me. Because, so how did you go
1: about that? Um,
0: so it was like did you midway sign up through on Indeed.
1: Th- <laughs>
0: no. Um, so it, again, I, I decided a few years before that I wanted to stay in academia. So um, I was looking for are there jobs in colleges at university at vet schools that for criticalists. And around the time, like midway through my third year, there were three. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Ohio state, Michigan state, and Colorado state were the three places that were looking to hire criticalists. So I applied to all of those. Um, and then while I was waiting to hear back from those places, um, I got an email from, uh, a former NC state resident, the, the, their first resident who we didn't actually overlap, but, um, I knew her a little bit and, um, she had gotten an email from a colleague who was an anesthesiologist working at the vet school in South Africa. And they decided they were looking for uh, a locum short-term criticalist. And so she, you know, she forwarded that to me and like, I don't know, 40 other people. Um, and was like, here's, you know, anybody who's interested. Yeah. It's nice it came from
1: another vet. Cause I could see if that just like. Yeah. Came yeah. It was like a friend of a like, friend kind
0: of a thing. Like, Hey, this is a, this is a person like I know. Yeah. This is, this Nigerian prince wants me to come and work at his vet school. Um, it only cost me $6,000 up front, but it, uh, my return will be amazing. Um, no. So yeah. Friend of a friend kind of a thing. And so I sent an email cause I was like, man, I'm looking for jobs, whatever. Let's see what happens. This is probably not going to go anywhere at all. Um, I wasn't even expecting to get a reply honestly. And then like instantly it was like, okay, when can you start? <laughs> I mean, that's not literally what they said, but pretty close. And I was like, whoa 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 calm down um pfft, I, you know I was like because I'm not even done with my residency and then I'll need to take board so the earliest I could get there would be October and so this was probably back in like I don't know December January something like that I have no idea exactly when that happened but um oh are you breaking the equipment
1: no it's fine stop paying attention to it okay
0: don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Um, so yeah, I was expecting them to be like, yeah, that's not going to work out. We don't want somebody who doesn't have any experience at all. And they were like, yes, that would be great. And I was like, oh, whoa, that sounds scary. I wasn't really thinking that was going to happen. But then I started like, oh, is this a thing I could do? I, I mean, I think when I emailed originally, it was kind of like a lark, like, hey, let's just look into it. Why not? I'll look into every opportunity. And next thing I know, it was like, oh, they, they want me to come. There's not even like an interview process. They're just like, you're willing to come? Yes, please. <laughs> and uh, so then I kind of went through that whole, nah, that's not a good plan. And what if I miss out on all these opportunities in the US? Like, what if, you know, when I'm done there, there aren't any jobs here? And I just kept making excuses. And, and then I, I stopped and realized that I was just scared. Like it was scary, the idea of my first job being in South Africa. Yeah, and then you,
1: you don't have any money yet. I don't have
0: any money yet, um, and I'm going to finish the residency and make even less money while I go live with my parents for two months and study yeah. for the exam. I guess it's
1: kind of a good uh, time to go across. the... And
0: it kind of uh, because you don't have any stuff. I have nothing. Yeah, nothing. I'm worth nothing.
1: Uh, <laughs> you didn't have seven dogs yet.
0: I didn't have nope. Um, I did have to figure out what was going to happen with my cats. Um, but yeah, once I kind of realized that. That I was just scared that that and that was the only reason not to do it. I was like, well, that's not a good enough reason. So I guess I have to do this. Um, and I've told the story a lot, but I called my parents was like, hey, what if I went to South Africa for my first job? And my dad was like, cool, we'll come visit. And my mom was like, what? Why do you keep moving further and further away from me? And, um, but no, she, they were, they were super supportive and they did come visit actually while I was there, which was awesome. Um, and they, they like to say that was one of their, the best vacations I've ever had because it was, it was pretty amazing. But, um, yeah, so I just was like, okay, I'm going for it. I, I'm gonna move to Africa, um, and work at the vet school there for a bit. So the hardest part about that was the visa process while I was studying for boards. Oh, trying to do the visa stuff was a huge pain in the butt. And there's nobody who can. Help, well, there are people who can help you, but they want money for it, um, which is ridiculous. I was like, I don't. That's I don't have that. I don't have money. Um, getting fingerprinted was pretty fun for like the FBI background check. Um, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's what I did for my first job. I went to Africa. Cause, Africa. Because you, know, you do. It was pretty awesome, actually. Once people found out that's what I was doing, they were like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And then I started getting excited. I was like, you know what? It is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so that's what I did for my first job. I went to Andres uh, the vet school in South Africa.
1: Yeah, because you're going to an actual vet school. Yeah, too, I was going to a vet. So yeah, it wasn't like, like I was just working at
0: some random job. Yeah. Um, no, it was at the university, and it was amazing. Um, And I'm super grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. And I talked earlier that um, my time in North Carolina, I was spoiled um, because the clientele were rather wealthy. And so I have like, oh, I've learned all this stuff and I know all these things and I can do all this fancy stuff. Um, And it was really, really good timing. I, I needed that kick in the head to go to South Africa and be like, get back to the basics. Go back to do critical care based on your physical exam, your history. Like the little things like what you absolutely need in order to do this and to do this well. Um, and it turns out there's a lot that you can do if you're trained for it. And that was really exciting. Um, but it took me a little bit to be like, but I want to do this. And they were like, you can't. I was like, but it's only this much. And they're like, they can't afford it. Sorry. No, um, be better. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> um, what do you think
1: when you first walk into the hospital there and you're like,
0: where's this? Where's that? Actually, you know what? The hospital there's pretty awesome. Um, so they had all the things? Not all of the things, the ventilator and stuff like and but I knew that. I knew the equipment wasn't necessarily but they had pretty much all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's I mean it's a it's a real vet school doing all the things. They have not all the specialties, obviously. Um they didn't have critical care before I was there. Um they didn't have neurologist like the internal medicine doctors did a lot of things. They didn't have a cardiologist, um, so they did cardiology. They didn't have a neurologist, so they did neurology, oncology, all that stuff. They did that themselves. Um but
1: yeah, it's interesting and in that they started um, critical care because it seems like in the U.S. critical care is one of the latest ones.
0: Yeah, it is. It is one of the so kind of they skipped ahead. It's because they had um, it's the anesthesiologist that they had who was like, you guys need a criticalist because there wasn't any presence in the ICU besides the nurses, which they call sisters, which is awesome. Um, so the sisters were pretty much running things and they were like, we, we could use some help um we, we could use some direction and somebody to help us manage these cases and honestly they were doing fabulously um uh, I didn't really do much other than be like yeah what they said <laughs> um but uh no they they were actually doing a really good job there and and uh it was it was pretty great I mean there were a few things here and there that were different but for the most part it was like nope uh they, everybody has an accent but other than that this is pretty much the same as everywhere else um I guess I had the accent there So, it's really how that works. If everyone has the accent but me, then I'm the one with the accent.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they have an easy accent, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you definitely have different... So, 11 national languages, um, but they all spoke English. Some of them, their English was more broken than others if they were, like, Afrikaans and and English was not their first language. But, um, yeah, but it was a pretty great experience. And so, I was there for, uh, like, eight and a half, nine months, something like that.
1: Yeah, so what did you... Like, how would you apply being a criticalist that would be different from, like, just you coming out of vet school and going there?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, definitely a lot of differences there because, I mean, I went there and my main job was to run the ICU. Mm-hmm. Um and just coming out of that school, I wouldn't have known the first thing of what to do with that, like how to organize it. And and even that, like not, having just finished a residency didn't necessarily make me an expert, but way better than if I had just been right mm-hmm. out of school or right out of even an internship um, is how to organize things and how to, I'd learned how to run a room, right? During my residency, like, okay. You have all these patients, and they all have different things, different needs, different priorities, and I have to prioritize how we're going to organize things. And this needs to happen now. This needs to happen next. This needs to happen first. I need to do this, and you people need to do that, and you people over there need to do this, and blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't know. Just prioritizing the resources you have, time, people, um, equipment, whatever, how do you prioritize all of those things? Um, so I definitely had learned a lot of that, those sort of organizational skills and, um, yeah, which I, I just, I call it running the room. Um, and so I was able to apply that. I was able, so they were also, when I got there, they had just started an internship. And they'd never had an internship before. All of the doctors there didn't do internships. They just go right into a residency or they've gone to, you know, general practice then go back into a residency. And so they're starting an internship, but none of them had done an internship. Yeah. And so they had some dumb ideas. <laughs> there was um, the, the one person who, to his credit, I mean, he was really pushing to start an internship. Um, but he also thought that the interns could work 24-7. Like actually just work like, oh, they'll be on like medicine during the day and then they'll be here overnight doing emergency shifts and they'll just stay in the building and then they'll do yeah, this during the day tomorrow. Yeah, just some
1: cots. And I was,
0: yeah, yeah, literally. And I was like, no. <laughs> We've
1: seen Grey's Anatomy. We know how it works.
0: I was basically like, no, you, you can't do that. I was like, I mean, you can do that, but then I'm not going to be involved in your internship. Like I don't want to be part of it. But <laughs> I was kind of a hard ass about it. I was like, or what you can do is schedule them on either emergency or on another service and rotate through. Like, you guys have gone all this time without having interns. You do not need them to be working 24 7. I was like, you can't expect them to be functional. We're not that busy at night. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You, 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 nope. It doesn't work. You can't expect that. That is unreasonable. Um, so I kind of took the interns under my wing a little bit. Um, I did weekly rounds with them, um, because I didn't have residents. And so I would come in once a week and do, we would do early morning rounds just for the interns. Once a month I would take them all out to dinner and I would pay and they would complain. And I was like, no, because I know what it is like to not make any money and you will let me pay. And I can remember when I was, uh, you know, an intern and a resident and how much I would hope that my faculty would pay when we'd got to, so we're going to go out for a nice meal and I'm going to pay. And they were like, okay. Okay. Except the very, very last one right before I left. They were like, we're paying for yours. And I was like, fine. So they paid Mm -hmm. for mine, the very last one. Um, But the rest of them, I I always bought dinner. And there were only three of them. (laughs) So it wasn't that much. And food there was really cheap. Um, But that was... Yeah. So I kind of took the interns out of my wing and, um, and since I've, I've been back a couple of times and the internship is really, really developed. And, um, the person who took over, um, it, she always, she gives me more credit than I deserve for that. But she's always like, she's really proud. She's like, and all the things that you were doing, we're still doing this. And, well, I guess and if you hadn't
1: been there, the internship might've failed because we all just would have died of sleep deprivation. Yeah,
0: that's true. Or all the patients would have, the hospital would have been sued, shut down. Who knows? Um, no, I mean, I like to think I did have a positive impact on some of those things. Um, there were, yeah, just, uh, there were, a you know, a bunch of little things, um, that I did. And like I said, it was mostly just supporting the nurses and what they already knew needed to happen. It was like, yes, that those things should happen. Just providing some clout, um, and support for the things that already needed to happen and everybody knew. So, um... It was pretty fun and just, you know, just made some really good friends and, um, but I do feel like I made, a, you know, a small impact on uh, a few things and that was pretty, pretty great.
1: Yeah. That's one of the things I hear a lot with the, like the work I do. I always hear people that I work with complain about, it's like, yeah, we got a new manager and they asked us uh, what's the one thing we would change and then, and then they did that change and they got like all this credit and a raise for it and I didn't get anything And it's like, it's probably because the change you thought of was super obvious. (laughs) And there are five things that are super obvious. And they were just trying to see which one of the five they should do first. Yeah. And then they did it. Yeah. It's like, it wasn't just you that said that. It was
0: probably everybody Yeah, Yeah. No, it was so funny because when I got there. (laughs) Because it's usually just do the
1: obvious things. Yeah, just do
0: that. Yeah. What's the worst thing going on right now?
1: All right, we'll fix that.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's what I did. Um... You know, when I first got there, um, they were like, okay, what do we need to fix? And I was like, well, what do you guys think, you know, needs to be done? Like, what's working? What's not? And like, they, you know, had their list of things. I was like, yeah, I I agree with all those things. Like, let's work on it. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. And Uh, it's funny you get the, like, the the workers that were like, oh, they just did the things that we said. And it's like, well, you didn't do them.
0: Yeah. And also, did you want them to not do the things that you said? Yeah. (laughs) You're like, oh, they just, I mean, I... I pretty much told everybody I could at the time. I was like, yeah, this is, this is what Marianne and Katinka wanted to do. We should do that. Um, But uh, anyway, it was, it was, it was a great experience. It was perfect timing um, because, you know, we hadn't met yet. I didn't have any, um, you know, attachments back in the United States other than like family. I, I didn't have any like, you know, kids, spouses, dogs dogs. Yeah. I did have to leave my kitty cats with somebody for a while. But uh yeah, it was a great time in my life to to just, you know, pack up and move across the What was the, the difference in like
1: the the cases? Like what do you see? A lot of the same Different. stuff. It's just all um, like cats and dogs. Yeah, oh yeah. I just,
0: I did small animal. They did occasionally, they had an exotics department would bring in like random animals and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this was fun. This was fun. Okay. So, um, I, I made good friends with the dentist there. So they had a dentist, um, who would, he did actually like he did small animal dentistry, but he also did like reconstructive, you know, cert I made up a word, maxillofacial surgery um he would do like reconstructive um surgery on like rhinos that had been dehorned and just left to mm-hmm. die uh, so he did a lot of really cool so they call seems it like
1: small animal large animal larger animal
0: <laughs> they didn't actually no, um they just call it exotic i think they just call them animals yeah um but anyway they had a cat that they were doing a dental on and it and it died under anesthesia and they did cpr and brought it back but they were like now what? <laughs> and so the dentist was like, can you take this case? And I was like, yes, yes, I can. That's like totally my bag. I was like, absolutely. So, um, you know, I took the, did all the critical care stuff and that cat ended up doing really well. We sent it home several days later and he was just so grateful. Cause he was like, I don't know what to do with it now. This is, this is beyond <laughs> my expertise. Its yeah. It's teeth are good now, but, uh, yeah. So, um, so that cat went home and so he was super grateful. I was like, they did the CPR. They got it back. I just kept it alive. Um, and, uh, so anyway, we got, we got to be pretty good friends but um there was like i don't know like maybe a month after um we saved that cat I get this page or something it was like, we need you. And I was, I think I was upstairs doing rounds with the anesthesia folks. Um, just kind of joining their rounds. And there was like, we need you in dentistry stat. And I was like, Oh my God, did they kill something else? What the heck? So I go running down three flights of stairs into dentistry and I get close and I'm like, there's a bunch of people milling about and nobody looks panicky. And I get in there and there's a leopard on the, uh, uh on the table, just anesthetized looking fine, but there's a leopard. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and they were just like, we just thought you'd want to see the leopard. I was like, you thought, right.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I
0: definitely wanted to see. that he was just doing something for, I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a leopard. Yeah, no, it was. It wasn't a cheetah. Cheetah was a different case. Um, but they were just, we just thought you might want to see. I was like, you, yeah, always, always page me. But they, they were such sneaky. They were like, we have an emergency <laughs> in dentistry. And so I'm running. I'm like huffing and puffing when I get there. Um, And I was like, what's going Oh, That thing was gorgeous it was gorgeous. Um, so yeah, they knew like, Oh, Oh, we have a, we have a baby rhino that's got a bum leg. Do you want to come see it? I was like, yes. So they always went to get the American. They're like the American wants to see all this stuff. I was like, she does. She absolutely does. So they were always really good um, about that kind of thing. And then occasionally they would actually need my, my, my expertise on things, but usually it was just like, look at the animals. I was like, that's awesome. I would love to come look at the animals with you. So I did dogs and cats, um, except on the rare occasion when there would be something else they, they needed help with, um, which was not often. It was, so it was just... Yeah, because it seems like they'd be at better
1: at that sort of thing. Um, just from like... Yeah. Not a not handling the animal. way, But just like a research. Yeah, research. They, they know have how more these animals work. Better. Yeah. Like when you get in the US, just, there's people at zoos and stuff. But these animals actually yeah. are where they this are. This where they are. There's so lots of them. Yeah. The, the best researchers in the world are probably over there.
0: Yeah. So that's where all the research is done on those species for sure. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Like I said, once in a while, they would actually consult and like, hey, here's we have like weird it's got diabetes or something and it's doing this weird thing the electrolytes are all weird what you know what should we do and I'd give my two cents I'm like well if it were a dog this is what I would say so you know they they would usually know the physiology of that species better than I would um and I could be like you know is this like this and they're like yes I'm like okay well in that case this makes sense and so we would just kind of work together on some of that stuff but um mostly it was just like look the cool species and I was like awesome Mm -hmm. yes that's super fun um But yeah, it was, it was primarily dogs and cats and all the regular things, pancreatitis, although lots of Babesia, um, which was fun uh, to treat. It's a, um, blood parasite essentially. Yeah. So, um, and we do have a a slight fluke or something. No, um, it's, um, a protozoan kind of thing. Okay. Uh, Babesia. Anyway, um, it would, um, we do We do have a form of Babesia in the U.S., but it's a different subspecies or a different species. Um, and it's not as virulent, I guess, is the right term still. But um, and it, it's so widespread there. Like so many animals would have it. And some of them have it and they, they don't have a super severe form of the disease. You just kind of find it incidentally. Um, and then some would be really, really sick with it. But um, So that was different. That was kind of fun. Leishmaniasis is something else that they see there. Um, and they'll get some fun, like weird granulomas and tumors and fun. Th- so there were some some cool infectious diseases, some fun snake bites, um, but a lot of pancreatitis, a lot of trauma, bite wounds, um, you know, GDVs, all the normal things that we see everywhere in dogs and cats. So, yeah, it was... Yeah, we saw GDVs
1: stuff. on the show Grim the other oh, night. Oh, that was
0: so disappointing.
1: Apparently it causes uh, <laughs> blue which are werewolf stomachs to explode. They just explode. And it's a, it's a mushroom so. that causes it.
0: Yeah, it was um, scientifically inaccurate, but again, that's a fantasy show, so I suppose. But that's there's okay. a veterinarian in it. Yeah, one of the main characters is a vet. She they, didn't
1: call it GDV either, which yeah, is all of her. well, ever heard. she called
0: it gastric dilatation and volvulus. Yeah, she but I've never heard a
1: veterinarian call it that. Yeah,
0: not initially. I bet. I bet if somebody asks probably you, probably some for.
1: veterinarians that don't know what it stands for.
0: No, there aren't. There are no veterinarians who don't know what it stands for.
1: There might be some that zero. Stumble. Yeah.
0: No, they all know. Some might say gastric uh, dilation and volvulus instead of gastric dilatation and volvulus. But other than that, no, they know what yeah. it stands for.
1: Yeah, we might put that to the What's the, the test difference later.
0: between dilation and dilatation? One dilation is just means dilated. Twisted, dilation nope, means that the volvulus yeah. means twisted. Dilation just means a little bit distended. Dilatation means like pathologically distended.
1: Yeah. I know dilation Duh. from um
0: like your pupils are dilated.
1: Oh no, I was thinking like the yeah. baby's dilated. Oh your
0: cervix is dilated? Yeah that's where you would think of it from. That's the first thing. Okay. I think I'm done talking about this. You're done? You
1: don't want to talk about like why you decided to leave South Africa or what happened and then you go Um, somewhere else?
0: I decided because I sort of just like missed family. Um, yeah. yeah, it was hard being that far away, and then also, okay. And how did I, the time?
1: Was, did you was your contract running up or?
0: So my initial contract, what, I don't, was there a contract? I don't think I signed anything. It was just like you want to come, yeah, I'll come. We the said visa, three months. Then, it was three yeah. months was the initial plan, and then we extended that, and then we were actually talking about you know turning it into a permanent thing. And I thought about it for a while, um, but then some jobs in the U.S. opened up, and I was kind of like. Okay. So yes, this was really good experience for me to go into uh, a financially, you know, less well off country and learn that uh, I can be a good veterinarian without all the fancy tools and bells and whistles. And, and so it was really good for me, but it was also kind of stifling over time, um, to be like, but I was trained to do all these things and I'd like to be able to do them sometimes. Like I'd like to be able to ventilate things. I'd like to, I don't know. And I would, I wanted the opportunity to work with residents, train residents. Um, and that wasn't going to be happening anytime soon there. Um, You know, and, and again, it was a hemisphere away, you know, I was, I was, you know, I had a standing, uh, what was it? A Skype chat with my parents on Sunday. It was their morning, my evening, um once a week, um, just to kind of keep up. Cause I didn't, this was before cell phones were everywhere and cell phone reception was everywhere. I, I actually, when I moved there, I did not have a phone. I had to buy a phone after I got there. I mean, I had one in the U S and then that wasn't going to work there. So I, you know, yeah. left it behind, bought a phone. There it was, it was all kind of a scary, interesting time. Um, but no, it was, I really, I was ready to kind of, um, you know, do more of what I was trained to do. Um, and not just kind of you know, run an ICU somewhere, but you know, do some more training, do some more tea Although I did teach classes there and I did some continuing education stuff there, I did actually get to do quite a bit of teaching. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't see it as a a necessarily a great forever job for me. It wasn't a job um, for
1: like a specialist,
0: right? Right? Not not at that stage. Um, and it would be a big ask to to build that. And I thought about it. I did think about it. It wasn't like a oh, this is so easy to leave,
1: especially a starting specialist. like that yeah. might be like a. Re- like, I want to retire and make this my yeah, legacy Yeah, or maybe job. toward the
0: end. Yeah, this is going to be, I've got, you know, maybe 10, 15 years left in my career and this is how I want to spend it. And I have years of experience to say, I even, I, I know even better how to do this. Um, so, but as a first job, I felt like I still, I had a lot, I had different things I wanted to still do. Um, so a couple opportunities in the U.S. came up and I applied for them. Which and, ones? And uh, Auburn and University of Florida. And Florida moved faster and they offered me a job very quickly. I actually applied, Auburn posted their job sooner, or earlier. I applied to theirs first. Um, Florida, I was like, oh, I got my application ready to go <laughs> because I'd had it ready for the Auburn job and applied there and they basically got back to me really quickly. Um, and invited me to interview um, very quickly and made the offer before I actually even had... I got the offer from Florida when I got the invitation to interview from Auburn. And so I was like a little cagey about that. Um, I just tried to like put that offer just a little bit because I was like, I think I like this. you know? And
1: were you flying to the US each time to do the interviews or did you do them
0: over... I did a preliminary interview with Florida over Skype. And then I think they would just want to make sure that like... Is it worth spending the money to fly her out? But then, yeah, then they flew me out and then it would, they were going to fly me out for Auburn, but then I ended up just taking the Florida yeah, job. Yeah, I down. was like, yeah, let's don't spend your money. I'm going to take this job, which they were appreciative of, I think. But, um, cause it's probably an expensive flight. It is. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, 16 or 1700 bucks at the time. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was fun. It was like, Oh, this, this is a real job. They're paying for this. Yeah they're they're like recruiting me you know it's like they're they're whining and dining me they're trying yeah, they to get took me you to, to a come nice do a nice dinner
1: instead of like having a oh, nice subs dinners. in the room yeah
0: all the meals yeah it was pretty crazy um yeah yeah so that was that was taco fun.
1: Bell made an extra burrito by accident here you go <laughs>
0: yeah um so yeah it was it was definitely different uh, at that time such a good experience though um but I was I was ready for. Um, being able to do a little bit more and to get back into the States and closer to family back, you know, I'm pretty close with my family. And so it was nice to be a little bit closer to them and yeah. So I came back to Florida, was at Florida for eight years, met you. So that worked out so far. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So eight years of Florida and then moved to Virginia just a little bit ago and that's it. I skipped over those, but we're going to do that. We're going to skip over those. I think that's Yeah, good. you're done. I th- yeah yeah we've talked enough oh my god it's been over an hour and 20 minutes
1: the other one was an hour and 25 minutes
0: i can't do four more minutes it's not going to happen no no if you have questions about my life story that i didn't answer feel free to send us an email oh, and i can i can let tover answer them. yeah
1: yeah i know everything
0: <laughs> yeah he knows everything um well hopefully this helped somebody in some way to understand kind of the thought process everybody i, I said don't know. they liked the other one did everybody say that did well, one
1: person say that? a lot of people. Oh,
0: okay. Who are you talking to?
1: No, you told me. You said the students. They're always I like, "I like, oh, love stu- that one." No,
0: I don't think that's ever happened. I think we're talking about a different. Yeah, show. you don't remember. Anyway, very well. that's true. I'm getting old. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, until next time. Bye. Bye.